This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. <laughs> It's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. All right, really appreciate you joining in tonight. We're half an hour away from Jason Moss in studio for the Eskimos Coaches Show. Tough one Friday against Hamilton. They're home again this coming Friday against Ed Hervey and the BC Lions. Six o'clock countdown to kickoff on 6.30, Ched. The game will start at 8. After that, it's a home-and-home with the Toronto Argos. And obviously, with the serious injury to Ricky Ray, we can expect that former Eskimo James Franklin will uh, be the quarterback there for Toronto. The Oilers rookies are going to play the Calgary Flames rookies in Red Deer. That'll be on September 12th at the NMAX Centrium. Tickets will go on sale on July 30th. As I'm sure you know by now, the Oilers are not sending their rookie team to the tournament in Penticton. The uh, Jets and the Canucks will play each other a couple times. The U of A will play UBC. The Edmonton Oil Kings announcing their season opener, home opener at Rogers Place, Friday, September 21st. That'll be against the Red Deer Rebels. Full schedule will come out tomorrow. Check out oilkings.ca for a little bit more on that. All right. The Oilers made news with their draft picks, especially those first three that we've been telling you about. Evan Bouchard, 10th, Speedster Ryan McLeod, 40th, and then they took the top-rated goaltender in the draft, Olivier Rodrigue, 62nd. The Calgary Flames didn't have a pick in the top 100, so I don't know if we're going to be talking as much about those guys as prospects, but we will talk about the trade they made, Hamilton, Furland, and Fox to Carolina. Lindholm and Hannafin to the Flames. Pat Steinberg from the Flames Radio Network, Sportsnet 960 in Calgary. Pat, good to talk to you again, buddy. How are you doing? It's been so long since I've seen you, Reed. It's been agony not being by your side. It's been a long uh, 42 hours or so since we were last together. Boy, I got to say, uh, the it was it was great to see Dallas a little bit. I mean, we're very lucky to be able to travel for work. Um, I, I will say this, and I'm, and I'm not complaining, there's not as much downtime as people think, uh, but I think you and I took advantage of a few hours we had, and I, I will say this, the Deep Elm neighborhood in Dallas, people have been there, they probably know about it, if you're going to Dallas, even if you're not into that scene or, or, or you don't enjoy a certain type of beverage, uh, it's it's worth the walk just to see it, and and if you do enjoy the scene or, or want to have a beverage or two, I would definitely recommend Deep Element Dallas. Wow, that yes. was fun. Reed, Reed is still talking about the Black Swan and our bartender Gabe, who uh, made uh, unbelievable uh, artisan cocktails that you didn't even get to order. He just made them for you. So Reed is still talking about that to this day, and uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a good. 
my friend. I enjoyed it. That was a highlight for sure. Yes, the Black Swan Saloon. They're getting a plug up in Edmonton, Alberta. Maybe maybe, maybe, some, maybe someday somebody will walk in and say, Reed sent me. But uh, that was a good spot for sure. By the way, get the address because they don't have a sign. It's one of those places. <laughs> they don't have Very a sign. It look, I, thought it was an aband- I thought it was an abandoned building when, we, when I walked up to it. But it, it's definitely happening inside. All right, Pat. Uh, Calgary, I mean, the flames were sitting around. I uh, didn't have a pick till what was it, 105. So yep. I, I know they picked some guys, and maybe we'll get into that a little bit later. But look, the, the news was the Dougie Hamilton trade. You kind of intimated to me that you thought something was coming over the weekend. Uh, I know there's a lot of stories now. Well, maybe Dougie didn't fit in. Maybe, you know, he didn't like how Freddie was treated. Maybe he wanted to be traded earlier. What is your take on what seemed to be some sort of a breakdown between Dougie Hamilton and the Flames? Well, uh, first of all, a couple of things. It was it was actually crazy because uh, you and I were on the national broadcast of the draft uh, when it was all going down, which was uh, which was kind of ironic too. And, and you know, the, the, the number one thing I will say is yes, there is no doubt in my mind that something was amiss when it came to the relationship between Dougie Hamilton and the Flames. Do I know what that is? No, I don't. I don't know exactly why things, whether they broke down or were never good or whatever. I, I do know that there's been plenty of speculation that, you know, maybe maybe personality-wise, Hamilton just wasn't a, a great fit with this team. And, you know, talking to general manager Brad Living after the deal went down, you know, certainly didn't deny those things. Did not come out and give great detail, but didn't deny those things either. And, and you know, made sure to say on multiple occasions how happy he is that you know Elias Lindholm and Noah Hannafin, the two players that they got from the Carolina Hurricanes, are are excited to be in Calgary. And he kept on using the term that you know he wants players that want to be here. So it gives you an idea, it gives you a pretty good sense that something went amiss and they felt they needed to move him. You know, and and okay, that's fair, that happens, it is what it is, can't you know, if you feel like you need to move a player, well, then you move him. Interesting thing is what this means for the Flames and their organization, not so much for the future, but for right now. Because I don't know if it's a guarantee. In fact, I think it's anything but a guarantee that the Flames got better on the ice. Maybe maybe they needed to move out Dougie to help things out with their locker room. Maybe they needed to do that to, you know, to, to give somebody else another voice, or maybe it just, because it wasn't working, moving him out was the thing to do, and so maybe their locker room got better. You know, we'll never really know those things, because uh, until they let you and I into the locker room on a regular basis, uh, we're not going to know those things. But it's on the ice that I'm fascinated with, because Dougie Hamilton is one of the better young defensemen in the league and one of the, I, I think, one of the better defensemen, period, in the NHL. I think that he gets a bad rap for not being able to defend well. I think he defends very well. And I think that on a pairing with Mark Giordano, even though the Flames missed the playoffs by a fairly significant margin this year, those two were still made up one of the best pairings in the National Hockey League and they have done so consistently for the last two years. I don't I don't think Noah Hannafin is a bad defenseman by any stretch of the imagination. But the problem with Hannafin is that he's 21 years old, still a sheltered defenseman, uh, doesn't get a lot of you know, top-flight, high-leverage shutdown minutes, 
and instead sees more offensive zone time and stuff like that. So you're, you, the, the best player right now in this deal, Dougie Hamilton, and I think there is a drop-off in terms of right now what the players are Hamilton to Hamilton. I do think that from an all-round perspective, you do get a little bit of a boost going from Furland to Lindholm. I think Elias Lindholm is a better all-round player right now and impacts the game in more areas than Michael Furland does. But I don't think the offset is the same as what you go and what you lose going from Hamilton to Hannafin. Look, I think Hannafin has got an unbelievable amount of potential. Skates like crazy. His offensive upside is high. He's got 250 NHL games. He's only 21 years old. So I, I, I think that this actually helps them for the future because they got younger. But what are they trying to accomplish? That's what I'm trying to, to figure out here. They went out and they traded away first-round picks, second-round picks, and third-round picks to bring in players like Mike Smith and Travis Hamannick to be good right now and to try and move into the next tier in the Western Conference. Well, they failed this past year. They missed the playoffs. But you start a plan, and now all of a sudden – you make a blockbuster move that I'm not certain makes the team better on the ice right now, and I thought right now is what they were aiming at. So I'm very curious to see what else happens and what other shoes drop, what other deals, trades, signings we might see from the Flames over the next number of weeks because, look, I get it. They felt they needed to make the move, and that's fair. That's their prerogative, and sometimes you have to do those things. But I'm not convinced they got better on the ice after making that deal on Saturday. Well, that, that's an interesting assessment. And, and I suppose if you just look at the two defensemen, well, the two NHL defensemen involved, you kind of know who Dougie Hamilton is. He's still at an age where I think he could very well improve, but it may not be a massive improvement. The thing for the Flames is Noah Hannafin's 21 and has about 250 games under his belt. He's still in that part of his life and career where, where he could massively improve. Mm-hmm. right? So again, with, with a lot of trades, ask me again in two years, then ask me again in four years. Right? You know, like, you, you're right. Right now, did the Flames actually get better? Are they better situated to, uh, you know, defend Connor McDavid and, uh, and uh, Mark Shifley and the teams are going to face in the, in the West, or are they kind of stagnant or maybe even a little worse defensively in that, in, in that department, right? And if, and if they struggle defending this year and Hannafin doesn't get the points, then you, you know what kind of calls you're going to be getting. For sure. And, I mean, the response to the deal, Flames fans, I would say from what I saw, right from the get-go when the deal was made, it was very vitriolically angry. There was a lot of, how could the Flames make this trade? How could they give up on Dougie Hamilton? And, and I think that was the initial response from one group or one faction of fans that I saw. And then as, as the deal got digested, I think the other group of fans took some time and, and digested it for themselves, that actually uh, don't mind it. I'm not saying one is right or the one's reaction is wrong or anything like that, but I do think the reaction overall is fairly split on this deal. There are, there are many people who do not like it whatsoever and who are very frustrated the Flames would make a deal because of you know, some of the, the innuendo that's out there. I don't know how much of that is true, but I do know there are people who are frustrated the Flames would make a deal based on that. Um, on the other hand, there are some who look at it and say, look at the potential Hannafin has, like you just said. He does. His potential is, look, he was a, he was a top first-round pick for a reason, and he's played, he's, I think he's missed five games in his NHL career, and he's been playing since he's 18. I mean, that tells you something. Even though 
he has been sheltered, and even though I don't think he's as good an all-round defenseman as Dougie Hamilton is right now, the fact that he's played basically every game since being an 18-year-old at defense and there's still a massive amount of improving that he could have to do, that, that is somewhat exciting. It all comes down. It all comes back to to me. You know what? What are they trying to accomplish? And are they trying to be that team that wants to win right now? Because some of their guys, some of their important players, are in that window where they have to win right now because their returns are starting to get into the diminishing category. I mean, Mike Smith will be 36 this season, and Mark Giordano turns 35 in October. Like we're talking about some, you know, some ages that are starting to become a little bit more prohibitive to actually being the, the effective type players you want them to be. So I'm, that's, that's why I say I don't think the Flames are done. I don't think the Flames are done trying to improve their team this offseason. I still think they're looking to add a couple of players. And so I'm not ready to, to make a total 100% assessment on the overall offseason until I see well, and and some speculation that they might be more active after a big fish in free agency. I know I was talking about the Oilers. Do they look at bringing Brandon Davidson back? Do they look at bringing Tobias Reeder back? Do they look at Anthony Duclair, who will turn 23 in August, and say maybe these are some cheap? Like I can't see. Well, the Oilers don't have room under the cap unless there's a Lucic trade, and then we're talking about multiple things that that have to happen. But the Flames could theoretically, uh, and, and you always over pay for free agents, either in years or dollars or both. So who could the Flames possibly target if they're going to wade into the deep waters? Well, I mean, I think they there's a couple of different ways that they could go. I do think that they are going to try and go after one of the free agent winners, whether it's James Van Riemsdyk or James Neal or David Perron. I do think that they are going to put some floaters out there to try and see if they, they can't land one of those. Yeah, you know, Van Riemsdyk, this has nothing to do with the type of player he is, but he just seems like he is in an absolutely perfect scenario to get massively overpaid. His age, the the numbers he's put up are great, but because he's a little bit younger than a guy like Neil or a guy like Perron, I wonder if Van Riemsdyk isn't able to leverage a few more years and those guys would be able to leverage in free agency. And as such, we might be talking about uh, a contract that looks pretty rough in its final year. So I do think that they'll be interested in guys like Van Riemsdyk and Neil. I also think they'll be interested in, in kind of the lower uh, lower tier, I guess you would call it, free agent forwards. I, I think that Derek Ryan is a guy that has been... Look, the day that Bill Peters was hired <laughs> as head coach, he was talking about Derek Ryan. So it's like, okay, I'll put two and two together. He liked him in Carolina. Uh, there's a pretty decent chance the Flames go after him in Calgary. The other guy that is very interesting to me, and I've heard his name linked a couple of times now, is Stanley Cup champion Jay Beagle, former member of the Calgary Royals in the AJHL born and raised in this city and it'd be kind of cool to see a Calgary guy come and sign with the Flames at a very effective run in the Stanley Cup Finals he's an interesting name to watch for as well so the, the other guy I, I wouldn't worry about signing this guy myself but just knowing the Flames have been very adamant about wanting to add toughness and size uh, over the last little while don't be surprised if they're a, they're a team that is linked to the name Ryan Reeves I personally would not be spending a ton of money to bring in Reeves. I think that he has a I think he's a role. I think that he can be a decent play, but I think that the money that he's going to get paid based on 
some of the perception during the Stanley Cup final and, and the Western Conference final throughout the postseason in Vegas, I think he might be primed for an overpaid too. So I would personally stay away from Reeves as a free agent, at least paying the type of money that, that some are thinking about t- talking about for Reeves. But I do think that they, there'll be a team that is somewhat interested in him too. Well, Derek Ryan and Bill Peters were together in Spokane too. That relationship goes back a long way. Right. I, I, I think right. I, I think Derek will be signing there. I think that's that might be as obvious as the Hamilton trade coming. Maybe more obvious at this point. Pat, thanks for checking in tonight. It was great to see you over the weekend in Dallas, buddy. And uh, yeah, we'll have you on again anytime, buddy. Thanks for calling in. Good stuff, buddy. I'll say how to Gabe for you. Right on. <laughs> that's Pat Steinberg from Sportsnet 960 in Calgary host on the Flames Radio Network. Here is some great news. A few minutes ago on the Toronto Argonauts Twitter account, Ricky Ray update. Ray has been released from hospital and is now recovering comfortably at home with his family. Of course, Ray suffered a neck injury in the third quarter Saturday against Calgary, but Ricky Ray has been able to go home. Good stuff. Ricky Ray's former teammate, Jason Moss, coming up in studio with Morley Scott at 7.30. We'll wrap up Inside Sports after the break. This is Mike Riley from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. All right, appreciate you tuning in tonight at 724. Sheldon says, hi, I, hi, Reed, I agree. Brandon Davidson, no-brainer to make an offer to him. Uh, and how much would you pay Smith Pelly if he comes in at a bottom six price range? He would be perfect. Well, I mean, the Oilers aren't in a situation because of the cap to pay anybody. You know, you got a few guys you could pay around a million each or a little less. So you're looking for for depth guys. Smith Pelly, he, here's the thing. He had that type of playoff as we bring in Morley Scott, and we've seen that. Yep. He's had an up-and-down career. He's played on, what, three or four teams. Got, not only did he get seven goals in the playoffs, which for him was like 10 times the rate he scored at in the regular season pretty much like he got huge he got huge goals and you wonder if some team's going to look at that all you need is two or three teams to start bidding yeah he's probably going to get a pretty good payday he's probably going to get a pretty good payday i would think yeah for him it's not like being released it's more like saying go make a deal with somebody right so and And the capitals paid john carlson uh eight years 64 million dollars he's getting eight million a year so (laughs) that, that eats up a little bit of cap yeah, that's for they got to make and you know they've already said goodbye to a few people, right? To yeah. make room for everything, so they're going to be a different team next year. Some guests on Inside Sports get gift certificates to Northern Chicken. Check out the new Spring Chicken menu with spring-inspired fixings. Start your salivator at NorthChickenYEG.com. I just read the Argos tweet before the break. Ricky Ray has gone home. <clears throat> To it's recover to with his family. Now, who knows when he's going to play again? I mean, I know people, and I was talking well, about it. James Franklin might be the quarterback when they play the yeah. Eskimos. I, I, I was thinking, I hope it doesn't end up like um, Anthony Calvillo, right? He got hurt in what was perceived to be his last year, and he never got to finish the year, never yep. played again. And, and I hope that doesn't happen to Ricky Ray. Uh, that was a scary scene, though, watching that on Saturday. Not so much the hit. But what happened after, because you don't, it was like 20 minutes long, and the way they strapped him onto that backboard was, was just scary looking. Because, you know, you've seen something like that before, but it just looked different and it just looked more serious. So, I'm, uh, you know, and obviously he spent a few days in the hospital, so I'm, I'm glad he's out, but obviously there's some issues, and let's hope more than everything it's, it's a football thing. Obviously, let's hope it's not a life thing for yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That, that he can just, you know, pick up his kids and have fun, you know, 
because yeah. retirement's coming around the corner. We believe yeah, it's I mean, probably we, the last we year. We thought what him. we thought last year so, might have been yeah, the last year, exactly, after, exactly. especially after they won the Great Cup, but he decided to come back. <laughs> you know, that was that was rough for the Eskimos. I, I, I got back to the hotel in Dallas on, on Friday and was listening to you guys on, on Radio Player Canada. Mm-hmm. And, uh, whoo, uh, I you can, probably I tuned can, in late. <laughs> you, like missed was, the, you missed the good stuff, which was like their first series. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, oddly enough, I, I, you know, the Oilers had the, a little gap between picks. And I thought, I'll just see if I can get it on my phone. And mm-hmm. I got it on my phone for the Williams touchdown, and huh. then it started glitching. The video you're talking. Yeah. 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 So I got I got video on my phone, and then it started glitching. So mm-hmm. and then you know I was covering the draft, so I shut it off. And then at the hotel, it said, "Oh, you're too far from home." You know, on the Shaw app, yeah, yeah. Uh, where you can watch TV on your phone. So I so I listened to you guys, and uh, so you went man, down. It was the... just play after play. Mazzoli yeah. gets away. Yeah. Another completion. So, oh, and the Eskimos two and out and punt. Well, I mean, I, they moved the ball a little bit, but they never sustained anything. That was, no, they that couldn't. Was and and you know, second downs they couldn't uh, they couldn't get off the field defensively. They couldn't stay on the field offensively when it was second down. That was that was a key part of the game. All right, uh, Jason's coming in. Yeah, he's downstairs waiting for me to let him in right now. All right, go you, go you, get him. I'll go get him then. Thanks. Go, go get him. Always good to talk to you, Reed. Uh, frustrated fan says the Oilers should bring the yak attack back. And uh, one of my adoring fans says, Reed, are you absolutely off your mind to sign Davidson? What about Stanton? Come on, give your head a shake. Honestly, utilize some objectivity and some of your knowledge. Otherwise, get off the radio, you clown. Well, I will be off the radio in like 30 seconds. So don't say I don't satisfy the wishes of the listening public. You can always text 630-630. All right, Jason Moss is coming in with Morley Scott. They'll have the Eskimos coaches show uh, tomorrow. A little bit more on what's going on with the Oilers as development camp continues, and the Eskimos will be back on the practice field. Thanks to Dustin Kaufman, our studio producer this evening, and the producer of the show is Dave Campbell. Thanks for listening. Coaches show next. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.